This is a HeadGum Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello! Halflings, it's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by. Hello, it's me, Olivia Kennedy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I need to stop. I, I can't love stop. It. I love it. <laughs> you, you, the halflings have already been greeted, and yeah, I just scream again. You gotta do it every time. Step on the toes. Gotta go for the every double time. greet. <laughs> yeah, some people call me Liv. Hey. <laughs> and <laughs> Jeremy Cobb, but Chardet from the Slovenly Trolls podcast calls me Ohio sucks. But you know what, Chardet? <laughs> you suck. You <laughs> suck, Chardet. And so well does done, Michigan. Chardet. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. And I'm pretty sure, Jeremy, there is a uh, kickback on the Patreon where you explore <laughs> some of the rivalry between yes. Iowa yes. and Michigan. Is that correct? Yes. We correct ta- uh, yeah, we talk on... I actually uh, had a whole conversation with Chardet where we talked about the history of the rivalry between Ohio and Michigan, which actually dates back to a war in which no one died. It was just a war yeah. that happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a, t- there you go. It was a land war. Look at that, war look at that, that bloodless war. Big yeah. that. I'm interested because I would love it cleared up because I have no idea what you guys are talking about. So, yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are a keen eared listener, you'd have noticed that Jeremy just used a guest nickname, which means <laughs> this is a guest episode because <gasps> today we are joined by. A creative director, producer, star of many of your favorite actual play shows, including Rivals of Waterdeep and Dimension 20. It is, in fact, Carlos the Magnificent Luna. Welcome to Three Black Hearts. Hey. Hey. Hello, everybody. Yes. That's what you're going to do, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the energy. That is the energy. Yes. Thank you, Carlos. So finally, we have a guest who is willing to bring it yeah. on our level. I Possibly the first this. guest to match Jasper's energy for the intro. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. That's great. Coming in hot. I think it was due to the pre-warning that I gave up top. The first guest to ever get a pre-warning, and I yeah. saw Carlos was it like, definitely smile like, yeah. It definitely helped. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. I was not expecting that type of I was not expecting that type of energy, but yeah, that's awesome. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. Full Prince vibe? Woof! Ah, this makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. Lands in the cusp of a peaceful no. on a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. It's a real, like, good morning Vietnam yeah. type of vibe. Oh, I feel like yeah, that's what it is. I, I don't know why. Where I, I think I've spoken about this before, but I think it was a snowball 
of like mm-hmm. energy, you know, in that like I was just getting, I've just gradually got more and more hyped about the podcast that I do. And like all of it gets channeled into the beginning of the show. And That's then lovely. I'm like, okay, right. Like, Ooh, okay, bring at the it very back start, down. like the very first episode, was it kind of like, hello, halflings? It's me, Jessica. <laughs> I honestly think it is. I honestly think it is. I guarantee if you listen to like episodes one through 50, it is like, Halflings. I'm going to check out the cut. Yeah. <laughs> it really cracks yeah. up because I have no idea. I genuinely have no idea if I did. I don't think I came up with that in, in episode one. Anyway, we are not yeah. here to talk about uh, me or uh, our episode one. We're here to talk about Carlos Luna. Uh, first of all, how how you doing today? I'm doing great. I woke up, took a shower, cleaned up this space so you guys wouldn't see a messy background. Uh, <laughs> got some water, <laughs> sipping on some kombucha, doing the stuff. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, doing the stuff. Is it actually good? um, (laughs) Is kombucha good? You know what? I don't know. I don't know anymore. (laughs) I've gotten used to drinking it so often Mm -hmm. that like I really don't know if I... I definitely wouldn't recommend it. So I guess maybe no, it's not that good. I drink it all the time. I don't know why I like it. It's just super tart. Like... Oh, okay. Okay, maybe it's like a little sharpness just to yeah. kickstart you in the morning. Is that like yeah. the kind of yeah. that? That's the vibe behind Should it. Get your okay. wire. Yeah, yeah. Jump, I can, I can, I can <laughs> jumpstart my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Get me, get yourself ready. Um, so, Carlos, uh, welcome to Three Black Halflings. Thank you so much for being here. One of the uh, questions we ask for every single guest we have on the show is we always ask for their sort of nerdy slash TTRPG origin story. Uh, we always love knowing, like, what was the, like, beginning, that little seed that started uh, a younger Carlos Luna down this uh, route, which has now led you to being, you know, content producer over at Roll20, for instance. Because uh, this is a full-time job, right? I yeah, guess yeah, yeah. Now for you. Um, huh. What was the origin? Uh, TTRPGs, you know, I grew up with, like, fantasy stuff, like movies and stuff like that. Um, always interested, always loved it. Didn't really have anyone that was kind of like in that sphere. Um, And then, you know, in high school playing magic and stuff like that, but still not TTRPGs. I didn't actually play. I played my first. It's weird because I played my first game of Dungeons and Dragons um, uh, with a buddy of mine. And I was doing graphic design in his space. And he was like, hey, you want to play? And he ran... um, uh, a podcasting network. Uh, do you know One Shot One Shot Podcast? Do you know? Um, I think I, had, I, had I don't think I do. It, I think. Yeah. I don't think I've, uh, I know. What um, it is, it's yeah. a podcasting network in Chicago. Um, and he was he was just like, hey, you want to play Dungeons and Dragons? I was like, you know, I've always wanted to play before, and he was just like, cool, let's do it. And I was instantly hooked, like yeah. so hooked that like. After the second game that we played in a in like two weeks later, he was like, "Hey, we're thinking about doing a podcast. Do you want to do it?" I was like, "Okay." And so, literally, <laughs> after the second game I played, every single game has been recorded or heard by an audience, like in some form <laughs> of another that I've played. That's like, I don't think I've ever. I mean, other than like a play test, maybe. Like, I don't think I've ever played a game that wasn't, you know being edited or being streamed or being in front of a live audience or something like that. So mm. I guess that's my origin story. There's literally a, 
honestly, there is a Google Calendar invite on my phone uh, that has my origin story. It's the first day I played Dungeons and Dragons. It's on there. Uh, I think it's like July 17th, 2016 or something like that. Yeah, it's really weird. Whoa. We've had a couple people actually being like, yeah, who've come on the show and said my first experience of this thing was was online. Have you played anything offline yet or is it is it still very much in the online space? It's very much in the online space. Uh, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. like, uh, I mean, that's probably not, uh, I don't know. It, it might just be play tests and, and, um, so like still for, for a purpose. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, it's almost yeah. always for mm. a purpose. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel your, I feel that's your pain a hundred percent. Cause that's, we that's a really interesting perspective of like enjoying a leisure activity mm. exclusively as part of an overall project. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I think most people start with like, oh, I play it at home. And then they think about like, oh, maybe we take this public. Whereas you're like, nah, bruh, uh, this is public for me. This <laughs> yeah. is work. Mm-hmm. My work is my play. I don't know if I would play the same way if I didn't have an audience. <laughs> I don't think I would. Yeah. I think I'd be very much crunchy, all about like numbers and just like, I don't know if I would role play mm. if there wasn't. I don't know if I'd role play like mm. I do now. Uh, if there mm. wasn't an audience, um, cause I like, mm. you know, asset management games and like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't yeah, know. It's yeah. a different, it's a totally different, like, um, m- works a different muscle for me, I guess, like performance does. Mm. Um, but yeah. Mm. Do you think that, uh, perform or doing it as a performative medium has like improved your overall role-playing skills? Oh yeah. So, um, what had happened was like right before that game, I had stopped doing improv. So uh, I grew up born and raised in Chicago. Chicago is like improv mecca. And like mm-hmm. I was so obsessed with improv. I was like at all the training centers, all the shows. I ran my own show for like three years. And at one point I was just kind of like done with it and mm-hmm. just wanted to find the next thing and kind of was just like, oh, it's going to be design work and I was doing a lot of graphic design at the time and uh very much interested in video and stuff like that but you know uh did did that went again went deep into uh the TTRPG scene started doing audio Mm -hmm. and I I had an audio background too because I did music before I was in like a hardcore band uh, and we toured yes, and did like all I that saw stuff. This. We definitely have to it's dig into wild. this. At some I mean, point. It's, <laughs> we, yeah. gotta, we gotta find a track and play it during the Oh party. no, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> you get sued. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that, I was just like, I had a background in that. So I had never listened to an, uh, an RPG like podcast before. And I assumed that it was like an audio drama that it has sound effects and mm. music and it would be edited. So it sounded like a real thing. So it sounded like a mm. scripted work of some sort. So that's what I did with my podcast. And it was like, not what everyone else was doing. When I heard what everyone else was doing, where I was just like, yeah. wait, they just put like a snowball microphone on their table and then they just call it a day. <laughs> I just, <laughs> And yeah. they just, yeah, edit it to get, like, sync up the audio was, and boom, it's done. I was carrying around a huge rig with like six mm. microphones and editing every single track individually and like scoring music and putting in sound effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, that led me to, you know, uh, 
doing something with Dungeons and Dragons, like one of their like Tomb of Annihilation, I think they were doing. Um, cool. They were like really trying to work with a bunch of uh, people that were running podcasts and we were one of them. And then that led to like rivals, um, you know, getting tapped for that. Yeah. Like, hey, we're putting together this thing, blah, blah, blah. And then rivals led to we had the premiere of rivals in L.A., uh, so like the first time we got to play together, like half of us didn't know each other. Like we were, we, they just kind of combined two groups of people. Um, and yeah, we had to play in front of like an audience, like Chris Perkins is in the front row and we're, we're just like, okay, Oy. this Whoa. is weird. Uh, yeah. And that's where I met roll 20. Wow. I met someone from roll 20 there. Uh, and then we were, we started talking and I had just started video. Um, I had gotten laid off from a plumbing job. I, I worked the front desk at a plum, plumbing office and I was like, you know what? The next job I take is, is going to be creative. And so, like, I've been creative my entire life. Yeah. I've been doing my own projects mm -hmm. for forever and I've never like had a full-time gig doing it. I've never done it. I didn't know how to do it professionally. And I feel like a lot of people are like mm -hmm. that in the space. Um, yeah. so I spent mm -hmm. like the next five months just on YouTube like just on YouTube devouring everything about filmmaking, about cameras, about audio, about shooting. Mm -hmm. And then I applied for a content producer job at Roll20. And, you know, that led to other things. So <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah. 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 Um, this is, I mean, seeing as probably a lot of our listeners are creatives, uh, do you have any advice for people who want to get into oh, that Oh, I got space? tons of advice. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yes, give me. <laughs> this is all give I like to, to talk me. about. I'm gonna yeah. get my notepad out real quick. I highly, <laughs> I highly recommend uh, watching the Adventuring Academy that I did with Brennan, and I just totally hijacked it. Mm. And he was like, "Let's talk about <laughs> TTRPGs." I was like, "No, Brennan, we're talking about how to like survive in this world." Um, <laughs> 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 which is which like that's my bag like i love helping people and here's the thing like i think you know not to get heavy but i feel like we always end up being the person that we didn't have growing up you know and growing up mm. i didn't have a person like me someone that like knew what it was like to like you know, bang on all these doors and not get through and then finally get through one time. Uh, so it's really important for me to like lift people up, to open the door for other people and for them yeah. to know the ins and outs of working for companies. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. how to freelance. These are things that like we are not taught specifically people of color. You know, we don't have this mm -hmm. access growing up, you know, some people grow up and it's just like always around them, you know, like, oh, yeah, my dad works yep. with so and so. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to happen yeah. when I finish college. You know, there's all these connections and all these places. Mm -hmm. And when I say like connections, I don't mean like in a Wall Street, maybe a Wall Street way, but I don't even mean that. Yeah. I just mean like people know people, you know, and like oh, yeah. people it's it's easier to you know, work through the industry and move around when you know people, when you've met them through your entire life. Yes. Um, mm. So people of color that yeah. are just like self-taught and motivated, not only do they have to work twice as hard to go half as far, but they also mm. have, it's like finding the door handle in the dark. There are things yeah. that are constantly disqualifying you that you don't even know about mm. that like you're not mm. even aware of like why why you're not getting chosen why you can't break in like 
there are so mm-hmm. many like just freaking email things you know what i mean like things yeah. that you put in mm-hmm. your email things that you put online the way you show yourself there are like yeah. like i constantly think about how um you know God, I'm going to sound like a jerk, but uh, (laughs) in a lot of these places, it's so easy. This unconscious bias is so easy a lot of times where, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll see white people move up with the idea of like with the company's idea of like hope. Right. We hope that they will Mm -hmm. grow into this role. Like we see potential. Mm -hmm. We hope that they, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, where they were able to like actually see the potential and they hope and wish for that person, right? Because yes. mm-hmm. in their head, in their lifetime, they've seen people like them, right? They can picture it, they can mm-hmm. imagine it. And in the same exact position, a person of color will go up and they don't have that. If anything, they have the opposite of that, which is they need mm-hmm. to prove, they need to change my yes. mind. They need to change my yeah. mind on why I should invest in this person. And these are things that mm-hmm. like, you know, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that because like it took me a very long time to like even acknowledge the fact that like I'm brown and that matters. You know what I mean? Like, I I think, you know, a a lot of uh, lighter skinned people like myself, um, Mexicans that are kind of the Latino community is, is also different in that like sometimes they don't want to admit that they're brown, right? Like some of our parents mm-hmm. don't want to admit that. They don't want that for their children and, you know, they do everything that they can. So I'm like the first generation who doesn't speak Spanish, right? So like if you listen okay. to, you know, even my sister, like Galitos, you don't even understand like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, we grew up in the same house, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so there is that. And it took me a while to recognize that. Um, so there was things that were disqualifying me that or factors in place that I didn't acknowledge mm-hmm. and I didn't attune for. I thought everything was fair and that like, oh, that was just my personality. We just didn't click, um, which yeah. could be. But like also like race is, you know, built into it, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Un- un- start making a lot of excuses for people. Exactly. And like the thing is. I think I'm so incredibly skilled in a lot of these things because I always thought work was going to be the thing to prove it. I always thought if Mm. I was good enough, someone would recognize it and then they were investing. So I kept learning and trying and grinding and Mm. making a portfolio that was fucking amazing. Can I swear on this? I'm so sorry. Uh, Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) And and the idea that like I did this with zero financing, with zero like education, with my own money. And there's people that have gone to school that work in these industries that don't that can't do half the things I can do. And when I looked around, I was like, well, what separates them from me? So the number one thing I would say to the audience is um, work will not save you. Work will get you there, Hmm. but it will not save you. It will not get you through the door. It will not get you seen. It will not give you the conversations that you need to have. Um, So know that and adjust. Like, Hmm. it's really freaking hard. But like, I hate to even say this. Because I don't even know if it's good advice. Um, 
But talk to your friends and ask your friends to tell you like how you think someone sees you. And it's so shitty mm-hmm. to say, mm-hmm. but as a brown person talking to other brown people or even talking to my white friends being like, serious, man, I'm not going to get upset. How do you see me? Am I aggressive? Am mm. I angry? Am I angry? Mm. I had people tell me that like, yeah, you kind of look like really intimidating when I meet you for the first time. And I was like, really? Oh, yeah. oh, wow. And it's just like, yeah, you do this thing with your eyebrow. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm concentrating. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. but like maybe, maybe the only representation that we have of a brown man furrowing his brow is the fact yeah. is, yeah, is yeah, anger. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. I ha- and I had yeah. to think about that. I really did. You know, how I presented myself. Like if you see like today, I'm just wearing a sweatshirt or whatever because this isn't recorded. <laughs> uh, but like usually I have a collar on all the time. I think there's something subconscious about that. Um, and it's not something that I absolutely love to wear all the time, but like, I make sure to always have a collar on. I make sure to like wear something light to be, um, not intimidating. Um, so someone says like, oh, he's not one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I can kind of speak to some of what you're saying from like an actor perspective Mm. going to drama school. Cause there's definitely, it's. I mean, there is there are definitely racial elements if we're talking in the UK because I went to drama school in the UK. Uh, mm. But there's also like a hierarchical thing where if you happen to go to a specific drama school, for example, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, you are much more likely to have connections yes. that will be, mm. enable you to get into rooms where you can mm-hmm. get jobs. It, it's look, there is no question that a lot of the people who go to these schools are very skilled, but they are not necessarily to a one more skilled than the people who go to the less well-known drama schools however Mm -hmm. they just by virtue of having gone to that school and being having access to either the people themselves or people who know the people uh are more likely to be able to get into rooms where they can get Mm -hmm. you know jobs at like a nice like a big theater uh a starring role they're more likely to be seen for certain things and Mm -hmm. there's an there's an immediate unbalance or inequality that occurs and certainly along racial lines that gets even intensified uh because what you're saying especially when you're saying like you dress a certain way to almost to have to mitigate the fact that people have very specific stereotypical ideas of what a brown man is like it's yep. it's very similar i was in i was getting headshots to dra- to graduate drama school uh it was the first time that i was getting like uh i'm like i'm going to be a professional actor in the uk here are my big headshots and in the room the dude who's this old white guy who uh, i guess is a pretty successful he- uh photographer tells me that he's like okay so it's you have to be realistic about what roles you're going in into yep. so oh, you know no. it's not nice but that's just how it is so i look at you a young black man i think thug i don't want to be the do the reverse of this right now jeremy but like i look at you and i promise you the last thing the last thing that you are my dude is a thug like, yeah it's just like look at that pleasant man yeah, like. yeah exactly you suit you definitely suit a top hat yeah. more than uh you know more than a hoodie you know what i mean there, like, there's <laughs> definitely a I thought work spoke for itself for a very long time, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with like how introspective you are as a person and how you see work, you know, how you see people's work. Um, and I think that there is actually a Venn diagram 
that is like how you get the job in the very center is just like you you are hired right and that the mm-hmm. the three circles that make up that you are hired is work um it is um personality and it mm-hmm. is uh access proximity I, I say proximity. Yes. Um, so yeah. proximity to this person, to that person, to this person, whatever. And mm-hmm. you can move mm-hmm. like if you sat down, if you're listening to this right now and you sit down and you say and you're really honest, you know, like what is my what is my work? Like, can my work be in a Nike ad, right? Like if you're a graphic designer, can your work be in a Nike ad? And if you say no to that, that's fine. Go to the next one. You know, like, can't, could it be in a, you know, like a local stereo company or whatever? Fine. Great. You know, like maybe you move the, the circle a little bit up, a little bit down or whatever. Then you go to the next one. You think about proximity. And proximity is just like who you know online, who you know, like in mm-hmm. the real world, who do they know? Uh, who have you, you know, interacted with in the past, worked on projects with, even projects adjacent, put that in there and then move the circle somewhere. And then go to the last one, which is sometimes I say personality, but it's really not. It's because there personality makes it seem like it's in your control, uh, which it's really not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it yeah, really yeah. has to do more with like, how do people feel who are around you? So I guess if there's an actual mm-hmm. way to say that in one word, that's what that would be. Um, I, I, I talk about this all the time. Like vibe almost. I get, yeah. I guess <laughs> like what type yeah. of vibe are, are people reviewing yeah. for you? Um, mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. Your work could be great. You could have access to the greatest people in the world, but if people don't like you, you can't get that job. Yeah. If if people yeah. if you're not if people don't walk away thinking that like you know they had a good t- it's it's people remember how they felt like people remember yes. how they felt mm-hmm. and they avoid bad feelings. They remember that vibe. They right? remember. Yeah, exactly. remember that vibe. So like yeah. think uh, think of your work in those three circles, right, and just move them around. And whichever one is furthest from the center, start working on that right away. Try to get the center mm-hmm. on that. Try to get the center. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of us think like, okay, well, I'm going to do work and apply for this job. This job doesn't know me, so they don't really care about the vibes, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know this job, so it's really far away, like proximity-wise. So really, you're trying to just win by work. And that's the hardest way to win. Like it's the hardest way to get there if you don't have the other two circles. So like start working on those other two circles. Yeah, mm, yeah. I, I I really love that. That's I, that's one of the clearest ways I've ever had it, it like yeah. explained to me. And I'm like, yep, that hundred percent tracks with like all of the experiences that I've had. And um, it's really interesting as well that you said about how uh, you know you just don't even know that those are options. Like I remember being uh like you know where i grew up being like i never thought like a a a career in like film would ever be possible ever (laughs) until someone uh like an old teacher of mine basically like saw that i had like a talent for um acting and performing and and i had a very like critical eye for film and stuff and sort of really kind of took me and was like look you should be looking at like this college and like pointed stuff out mm-hmm. to me that like was just never on the table. I never even registered that that was an option before it was kind of shoved into my face. You know what I mean? Mm. And then I found out half my class were applying for that college. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think it was just because it was, it was just a more done thing for them to kind of go and uh, and, and apply uh, or kind of consider their options. And 
one of the things that really struck me as well when you were talking then was I do think that my uh, growing up in a very white neighborhood and kind of getting that uh, almost like lesson very early on that like if I'm really polite and I'm very friendly and I'm very like, you know, it makes my life 10 times easier. You know what I mean? Like the days where I wasn't there, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I was not feeling it and I was a bit grumpy or I was down or I was whatever it is my life was just a lot harder and hard. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I got the free passes that maybe other people did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't get kind of the same, especially like, not, not even from teachers, but like from other kids, you know what I mean? Like I'd mm-hmm. get shit from other kids that would be like hurtful or whatever. You know what I mean? They'd see me as a bit of an e- easier target that day. Mm-hmm. But I think though, that what that did is that set me up really well because in my life, I've always gone with the mantra of like, I want to, I want people who meet me to have like a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I want I want to uh, find a way, and I usually, and I always say this, like I'm, I'm a bit of a social chameleon in the sense that like I act completely differently about, around de- like zip, separate types of friends and, and, and work colleagues. And you know what I mean? I can absolutely go to one work party where I'm there mm-hmm. and I'm sipping politely uh, on, on some Prosecco mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, talking about politics or whatever. And then 10 minutes down the road, my mates from Croydon are all gathered around and I'm, you know, shot in whiskey and I'm like, you know, talking about football or something. And it's a completely different yeah. Jasper. But is this I think just like the did. mixed race kid experience. It I is. love yes. this. It's like, yeah. I, I'm absolutely there with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it yeah it's mixed race kids 101. I think. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it, it, there was a, there was a, uh, a real benefit to that because I think that it has meant that where a lot of my black friends, for instance, I don't think would enjoy working at my office. Right. It's a very mm. quiet office. It's very kind of like understated is a lot. It's mo it's predominantly white. And, I think that they'd find it very kind of like a bit cliquey and a bit like uh, just uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? It feels like a very, it feels like a white space. Yeah. And I don't even yeah. know that they would feel comfortable, let alone other people feeling comfortable around them when they come in with like high energy, you know, because if I greeted them the way I normally do in the street, wherever half the people in the office would turn around and be like, what the, what's no. happening over here? Yeah. Is, is it carnival? <laughs> like genuinely, yeah, yeah. like that's, that would be the reaction that you'd get. And so I think that like, um, even even like the idea or understanding what the culture of a workplace is going to be or, or is likely to be. Yeah. You know, if you're applying for like a young hip startup, you probably can afford to, you know, loosen, loosen up a bit and not see it so much as like a straight job interview or a straight, do you know what I mean? You probably can be a bit more informal. And, and I think that you're absolutely right. You've nailed it to say that stuff is so important for how you like. Enter yeah, like how you, mm-hmm. so if we're talking about hiring and getting in there and getting your foot, like hiring and it could be anything like full-time employment, it could be a freelance job. It could be whatever you Mm. want. Um, If you're listening to this right now, know that again, work will not save you. Um, Your personality won't 100% save you. Um, Being impressive won't save you. Um, The person doing the hiring only has one thing in mind And like, write this down if you're listening to this right now. They only have one thing in mind, and that thing is trust. Like, can they trust Mm. you to complete this task? Can they trust you Mm -hmm. not to, and not even you, not, not, the thing is you're getting hired based off of not even you, right? You're getting hired Mm. based off of this person not looking like an asshole in front of their boss. That's all you're getting hired from. Like (laughs) you're, you're, it doesn't matter. Like you go to pitch an idea, 
you got to pitch an idea that can like happen that this person can explain in five seconds and won't look like an asshole to their boss. And that means <laughs> that you have to pitch the safest. You have to be the safest choice. Right. You have to be the safe. You have mm. to line up all the stars like all perfectly mm-hmm. and be the safest thing in the entire room so like some people mm-hmm. go into the the interviews or i see people online all the time like gotta shoot my shot like no don't do that like like just stay, like because here's the thing man like cats don't cats don't like uh are, aren't attracted to loud noises they're not you know what i mean like aren't attracted mm-hmm. to someone that's mm-hmm. chasing them like what they mm. are, they want to see you do something and then they will decide that they will come to you. So when you're in these interviews, don't think that like you have to be impressive or show them something that they've never seen before exist, mm-hmm. exist because in their head, mm-hmm. even if they believe you, even if they believe that you're amazing and you can do all these things, even like, oh man, these are great ideas, whatever. You have the other part of it, which again, if you're a person of color, it's worse because it's, again, it's not hope. Now it's suspicion. Now mm. it's this idea that like, well, what's wrong with you? If everything's perfect, mm. what's wrong you with you? Be true. Yeah. Like, are <laughs> yeah. you lying yeah. on this? Like something's up. Like, so you can't even get a hundred percent on this test. Right. So like your test <laughs> includes like being what someone else needs. Right. And having flaws Mm -hmm. and showing what those flaws are. And yeah, thinking that you're going to go. Showing that you can mitigate those flaws. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Enough stuff in the other areas to mitigate that. You know this going in. You know this going in. So you can can do that for yourself, right? Like if you're going for um, uh, some type of creative job or whatever, um, and you're being hired by someone who runs numbers, right? Like connect the two. Don't just say like, oh yeah, mm. I freaking hate numbers. I, I love doing my creative mm. job. Like, no, they can't connect with you on that level. You know, like, yeah, you know, yeah, talk yeah. about how the analytics influences how you do your creative work, right? Like they're like, yeah. oh, we can connect, right? So now you're working mm. with that vibe. Like, oh, now w- we can we can connect on this thing. but. A lot of people go in thinking and and when I mean a lot of people like um, they go in thinking that like, OK, well, this is my dream job. Right. So I have to be extra. I have to blow them away. No, don't do that. Yes. Don't do that at yes. all. And I think this this really tracks for for acting as well. I found that like 95 percent of the time when I go into a room, not assuming anything, not over preparing not over planning yeah. mm-hmm. every moment or this the big thing that I'm going to do when I go in there and I remember the best tip I ever had and I think it would really hold true for interviews as well uh, of, of any kind is I always face away from whoever it is before I start before I go in whatever it is I face away from like the door or from the people I take a couple deep breaths and I just take my time and I go in mm-hmm. when I'm ready to go in yeah. and the amount of people I've, I've had job people give me jobs and going I was just impressed the fact that you took space that you just took the space yep. and you said, I'm going to do this when I feel ready. Because I think it was one of those things. It made them feel safe. It made them go, I can trust no this one guy. No one wants to worry to, to about To not you. show weakness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, he's not worried about showing weakness. He's just here to do his job the best that he can do. Yeah. And it wasn't, and I think that as soon as I realized that, as soon as I realized, like, I'm not trying to show off. 
I'm just trying to be present. You know what yep. I mean? And yeah, if I definitely. absolutely, you're absolutely right. If I've lined up my Venn diagram, I, don't, I shouldn't have to do anything at that point. Yep. The work mm. is already done kind of thing. I've already made the connections. I've already, you know, I've got the, I've got the vibes on lock and, you know, the work has been done. So I can kind of, I can chill, you know what I mean? And then yeah. and just be you, you know what I mean? <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. If you're a company and you're hiring, right? Mm. So a lot of these yeah. companies hire a couple times a year. Maybe there's so many positions available on this team. You know what I mean? If you're applying for a job that has like 30 employees, how often are they hiring, right? Maybe once or twice a year mm. for this position. This means mm -hmm. like use empathy and try to figure out what the person hiring is thinking. And they're, they're thinking... Mm. Don't think about what they're thinking from you. Think about what they're thinking for them, what they need yeah. to show. And and if if they're hiring, this is the hard part. They are trying not to make a mistake for the company and culture that they have. Um, so they're mm -hmm. looking at, at potential people coming in and they're thinking, okay, well, they're kind of like Steve or like, I think they, I think like Kevin's really going to love them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And totally. this is another thing. This is another strike against people of color. If the company doesn't have a lot of diversity in it, it's hard. Yeah. It's harder for the HR person to think like, oh, they're going to, they're going to fit in. Right. So you almost have That's to be exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. You almost have to be a different <laughs> person. So like this study looked at like individually hiring like um companies that hire individually individually and companies that hire in bulk that like have several positions and hire at the same time even if they're in like different mm -hmm. departments and they found that like the hr people hedge their bets like they hire yeah. A diverse group of people, which doesn't make sense, right? Because like, even if they have like the same company, let's say they hire three people a year, right? And the difference of them hiring three people a year, like, well, let's say four people a year. They do four people a year. Let's say one company hires four people. Another company hires four people. The first company hires mm -hmm. every quarter. The other company hires all four at one time in the first quarter. The first company, because they're hiring every quarter, one every quarter, they're hiring the same person over and over again. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
This company totally. hires four different people. And they found the reason for that is because the HR person or the person doing the hiring doesn't want to make the same mistake over and over again. They found that like, okay, if I hire a Mark, I can't hire another Mark because what if that's the, like, this person's a lot like this person. I I need to have a different vibe. We need to have different whatever, you know, we already have that puzzle Mm -hmm. piece. Let's get a better, let's get a different puzzle piece that complements it. So you start finding Mm -hmm. complementary hiring when you do it that way and understand Mm -hmm. that like. That's another thing to keep in mind when you're going for a hiring, for when you're going for a position. How many positions are open? Because that's a state of mind of what that person's thinking of as well. Like, mm-hmm. understand that, like, if you're getting this interview, you're on a radar. Um, people yeah. look at their 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 social media like no one sees it. Everyone fucking sees it, man. Like all oh, these yeah, companies definitely. are watching you. Like every single one. And like, especially in like the TTRPG scene, I see so many people that are like, just when we talk about companies, we talk about trust. When we talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we talk about them needing to trust you as a person of color at companies that like freelances a lot with like pretty much every single like, you know, person in like the TTRPG scene, I can tell you, Mm -hmm. They watch everything and Mm -hmm. they will scroll through your timeline. And even if you're not talking about them, if they get a vibe that like Mm -hmm. you won't hesitate if they mess up, you won't hesitate to destroy Mm -hmm. them. They're never Mm going to want to work with you. They will tell other people (laughs) not to work with you. You know what I mean? Like you, it's not that you're blacklisted. It's like, they don't care. They just like, they're just like, no, I don't need to be near that person. Because again, mm-hmm. the last, the, the only thing a company has is trust. It's trust with their customers. It's trust with yeah. like their employees. And like, if they feel like, even if they do something wrong, if it's not them doing something wrong, you can't mess with their partners. You can't mess with the people that, mm-hmm. that have been working for their company for like 12 years, you know, like. There is a lot of stuff that people are disqualifying themselves on social media. And here's the other thing, too. I will completely preface. Raising hell online is 100% necessary. It's 100% (laughs) necessary. I love it. I wish I could participate more in it. Um, But I had to actually, like, I talk about this a lot. I I really do have to take a... a, a, um, there are people on the front lines and there are people like who are like actually in it actually make change. And it's really important for mm-hmm. me um, that I help people of color into positions of power, that I help them yeah. gain access to, you know, a, and I make sure to do it every single time I talk to someone new. Like today we were talking mm-hmm. about like literally we're about to go live. I'm like, you guys should interview Chris Spivey. You know what I mean? Like yeah. but I, I was just like, no, seriously do it. Uh, like I pitched, <laughs> I pitched this book for you. You know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I make sure like just to do it in everyday practice. Cause that's really important. Right. Um, because you do have, um, you do have white people in positions of power that are, hesitant that may not be in these groups that may not be watching people and they will come up with any excuse 
to hire their friend. Again, if all mm-hmm. oh, all yeah. a company mm-hmm. wants is trust, why wouldn't you? Right? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. so did did you all know each other before you started this podcast? Uh, I I'm knew brand Jasper. New. <laughs> yes. You're brand new? Liv's yeah. very new. Liv's, yeah. Liv's been, uh, Liv's joined us for the awesome. last, like recently, but uh, we yeah. we knew, yeah, we knew of each other, like mm-hmm. uh, me, Jeremy, Unati, who was uh, a, a co-host before. We definitely- You could other, apply yeah. that to a softball team, a podcast, a company. Like exactly yeah. what and happened. Well, we only heard about Liv from a friend. Like I literally asked people and like, mm-hmm. hey, do you got any recommendations for UK based femme uh, people? And they were femme people of color. And they were like, yeah. And they gave people gave me a list. And one of them mm-hmm. uh, mentioned Liv. And I was like, cool, let's check her out. 100%. Yeah. That's the exact process mm-hmm. that happens every single place you go. Every single place you mm-hmm. go. This is not like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we grow up with like, like, um, uh, uh, applications, you know, for work, mm. work applications everywhere, thinking like there's some weird lottery selection that, w- you know, you know, and it's really school mm. tells us that like, oh, the person who gets the A on the test is the person who makes honor roll is the person who gets the job. Like we think that that's how it's going to work, but it doesn't work that way. It's literally mm-hmm. someone, someone's, someone has your name in their mouth. That's all it is. Mm. Like yeah. has nothing to do with that. Because the other thing is like, People don't have time like they really it's nothing. It's nothing so nefarious. It's nothing like, oh, well, I I hate brown people. It's pretty much just like people just don't have time and they don't want to mess up. Right. Like Mm -hmm. we are uh, we are information rich and time poor. I say that all the time. We are information Mm -hmm. rich and time poor. So that means if you're listening to this out there, what that means is like. Find the easiest way to give your information to a person who does not have time. And the easiest way you can give your information is by being kind, being good at what you do, and being around people. And just like those three Mm -hmm. things, if you focus on those three things, you can go pretty much anywhere. The thing is like when people do hiring, it's so hard because like, they just want to get home at five and and play with their kids, you know, (laughs) like that's all they want to do. And like, it's so easy to take so-and-so's advice and just hire the buddy, you know, like when I talk about nepotism, when I talk about like, um, yeah, nepotism is so freaking hard and you have to battle that regardless of what color you are. Like it, Mm. it's harder because the position positions of power are fulfilled by other Mm -hmm. people, other white people. But, but yeah, like that's how it's hard because being trusted means you have to, your opinion means more. Um, mm-hmm. And like, that means I have to do tons of research. I have to do like tons yeah. of research on people and find the right project for them to shine. Um, and yeah. it, and it's, it's hard. And I know there's probably people that like aren't even on my radar that like, I can't recommend or I can't, you know, whatever. Um, Businesses need to do this and businesses don't do this. Businesses need Mm. to like really do research on people of color and see what's out there instead of just like, you know, taking the whatever. And that's why I feel like I'm there. Like, I feel like I can be there and, and try to help. And I think we all need to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so funny because we all feel like we need to do this, but on a daily basis, we have these opportunities and we mm-hmm. just completely pass them up 
and we come we, we sort of send the elevator back down yeah for the like the other people that mm-hmm. yeah think mm-hmm. about think about yeah. like how many times you've recommended friends even if they're people of color and they check all the boxes and whatever and they're just your friends and think of how many times mm-hmm. you've recommended complete strangers like complete yeah, strangers absolutely. you know it's really hard but like that was the opportunity like that's what you were supposed yeah. to do and it's mm-hmm. really really freaking hard because so you you also see people in these spaces that like um you know are constantly getting opportunities and you're like mm-hmm. how come they're always getting opportunities you know it's like well one they're trusted two they have proximity three they pass the vibe yep. check right yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it, I think you d- it discounts sometimes when we talk about these things, when we talk about nepotism, when we talk about, um, you know, uh, or proximity, whatever it may be, we discount like qualification. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Like it sounds mm-hmm. awful. And I and I kind of hate to uh, I, I hate to even phrase it in this way because it sounds like I'm defending nepotism. I'm absolutely not. <laughs> but like, you know, if you're like the the son of a, uh, a CEO or something, right, you have lived and breathed that company your entire life yeah, totally. mm-hmm. of anyone who is going to know that company better the ma- the machinations of that company how it runs mm. the people that have been a part of that company have probably been a part of your life for most uh, you know what i mean for most of it so mm. like when it does come to someone passing on you know the position of ceo genuinely the son is probably or, or, or you know their daughter whoever it is is probably very qualified oh yeah for that job like i'd hate yeah. to say it oh yeah it's always it's, like it has, it has you know but it's true it has not <laughs> and again like the the goal isn't and, and here here's my thing the goal isn't um <laughs> it's fucked up but like the goal isn't to help <laughs> the business like the goal is mm. you know what i mean but the goal is to help the business and put people in positions of power and put people mm-hmm. in positions and, and like any person that I've put anything to that I've like put up for, I will meet and I will have this conversation. I will have a conversation mm-hmm. that is very similar to just like, listen, like I, I want to know what you're into, what you're, you know, working towards, what's your, you know, what's your thing? What's your strength? What's your weakness? Like, let's talk about this. And I will spend extra time on one person and then I'll put them up and they have, they have to walk through, mm-hmm. right? Like they have to make the timetables. Mm-hmm. They, they need to do the basic stuff. They need to do stuff like that. But the thing is like, man, this isn't a soulmate situation. This isn't like, you know what I mean? Like companies <laughs> yeah. can literally put anyone in a lot of these, like in a lot of these positions Pretty much I can take a kid from McDonald's and put him in my position <laughs> and give him a YouTube premium account and a Skillshare account and be like, listen, you got four months. Like, can you do my job? I guarantee <laughs> you that kid would get it done for the money I make. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I guarantee yeah, you. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's the least amount. Like, I really do think I think the bar is so low and we treat it like it's so high because we don't want to be mm. embarrassed at work. Like that's what's sure. happening. This yeah, bar yeah, is yeah. like, so like the fact that like companies need to do so many interviews to find entry level positions when it's just like, 
Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all. All you do with those those interviews, those extra interviews, right, is you just add pillars. You add yeah. boundaries. Yeah, you come up for, with yeah. you, you come up with down. things that aren't even there, right? Because you could yeah. you could have yeah. been like, oh yeah, Steve in the mail room is now going to run the front desk, and like that would have been fine, right? But all of a sudden yeah, you yeah, started yeah, yeah. ten interviews, and now you're like, oh well, they got to know like everything about Adobe Illustrator, and they have to know all this other because this guy liked it, and all of a sudden it's like yeah. it becomes this credentials and. and and the fact of the matter is people make decisions based on how they feel, not on how, mm-hmm. you know, not what's on the actual page. You know, I do a lot of, I read a lot of marketing books and like constantly <laughs> the same thing that comes up over and over and over again is just like, mm-hmm. we're the only animals that make decisions off like that, that we're the only animals that constantly need logic to make decisions. Every single animal on this planet runs on fucking feeling and emotion and just a vibe, right? But we make up stuff. We make up stuff constantly why Mm -hmm. we can't Mm -hmm. do X, Y, and Z, you know, why things Mm -hmm. don't matter. Why can't I buy those shoes? Well, I'm not a person who wears shoes like that. I can't pull them off. <laughs> what does that even mean, dude? Like, yeah. 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 Can you wear them? Yeah. Like, can you wear them? Then you can literally you pull can them literally off. Put you can literally put them on. Yeah. You know what I mean? A cat will jump in a box and be like, this is my home. You know what I mean? But, but for some reason, I'm like, oh, well, I need a perfect staircase and it needs to have a pantry that does X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, but what? why? And it's just like, why do you need you that? You know, it's a mixture of being able to see the future and stuff like that, that like mm. people have. But for the most part, it's just fear. It's just like feeling embarrassed, mm. yeah. feeling incomplete mm. and feeling whatever. And I'm, I'm getting off subject. But yeah, if you're a person of color yeah. <laughs> listening to this right now, um, think about think about how you how you interact with people and how other people are watching you come from the position of your social media that like everyone is watching you. Um, Mm -hmm. and there are things that might be disqualifying you. Like if you need to say the things, fine, say the things, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've seen people like put their selves on private when they're job hunting because they're like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, because they're like, oh, I don't want them to see this right now. You can do that. that. I don't know, man. Like just, I don't know why people just need to connect if you're if you're going to connect your name to your social media, be prepared for everyone. It's literally everyone. Yeah, it's everyone. Yeah, 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 so yeah, like, yeah. why? Yeah. And it's a, why would you mess with that? I wouldn't mess with and that. And I think it's I think I think there's two very key things I always think about social media, which is uh, you need to go ahead and go. You need to realize, hey, would you stand up in a public square mm-hmm. and shout mm-hmm. this at the top of your lungs? If not, then maybe don't put it on social media. And I know that I do that, so I'm calling myself out here. Too. I used to say the shouting <laughs> thing. Now I say. Would I whisper this in my boss's ear? Would I, wi- <laughs> you know what I mean? That, like no one, because like that's, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. Because the thing is, people don't realize that like um, they are, um, that they are saying this public. Like, I think it's very easy for pe- people to say like, oh yeah, I put it on the internet. Anyone can see it, whatever. But like, what if I told you that at 6 p.m. tonight, your boss is going to see it? Would that, would that affect mm. you differently? And mm-hmm. that is completely different. What if I told you at 6 p.m. tonight, your boss is going to see it and never mention it to you? 
Does that change your Ooh, Does that change your relationship is anyone with else, it? Is anyone else like suddenly just like hmm, I wanna? That's the reality because like like <laughs> motherfuckers are scrolling on your stuff and tucking it away in the back of their head silently, and you're in conversations yeah. now in the future, and you don't even know that that's playing a part. That's that's playing a part in like everything every interaction that you have right mm -hmm. even if you're in the door you can get you can get like you know boxed out very easily yeah right and like Absolutely. off of nothing you can you just made fuel and dropped it off at someone's house and said like go ahead mm -hmm. and run your machine against me go ahead like yeah, this yeah, is this yeah, is yeah, to yeah, run yeah, the machine yeah, against yeah. me and then all of a sudden you're not getting on this project because of like oh you know what Carlos didn't do a good job on that last project. Didn't you notice? And like mm. the, the other guy who knows nothing about your Twitter feed, no, nothing about that is just like, Oh yeah. Um, you know, uh, Kevin doesn't feel like he can do it. And honestly, like, I kind of don't feel like he can do it either. And then all of a sudden it's just like, it's being placed under this guise of mm -hmm. your work, but it's not, it's under mm. like you mm -hmm. said something yeah, yeah, totally. pu publicly that, you know, fueled something somewhere and even yeah. if it's the right thing it doesn't fucking matter man like even if mm -hmm. it's the right thing about the right time about the right situation you could have like like it's so hard like it's so freaking hard guys no, i know <laughs> yeah. what you mean there's, there's like yeah. there have been there have been creators I've been a fan of who what I what I when getting into a public sphere uh like with three black halflings, I was very reticent and have been very nervous throughout it because a lot of the people that I've been fans of, usually people who are like associated with like left leaning YouTube, uh, have mm -hmm. at various times gotten in hot water over oftentimes like offhand comments yeah. that they've mm -hmm. made on social media. And what's really interesting is much of the time when they make these offhand comments, uh, the initial response, if a person is like negative about it, is relatively measured, but then all of these other people will jump on on board with like oh, yeah. a history of tweets that this person made they're like well you also mm -hmm. said this other offhand yeah. thing this other thing i didn't like and this other thing i didn't like and you're therefore bad and like mm -hmm. th and then suddenly yeah. it turns from like hey you said a thing that uh that wasn't so great maybe you should ch uh, check that to like you're a horrible person and should leave the internet forever and drink bleach mm -hmm. and it's like whoa yeah it's so easy especially if you're like left-leaning it's so easy to have hate against you mobilized by people who hate you, who already hate you, mm -hmm. right? Not not your fans, yeah. not anything like that. It's so easy for other people who is just like, oh, now this, now this SJW is really gonna get his. Like, I'm gonna jump in and say, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna jump in and add to the fire. So like, it's so yeah. easy to get mobilized against you, in, in just and like. Don't say shitty things. Mm, totally. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I think you have to you have to basically um, look at it like uh, you know almost imagine like clothes you're wearing, right? Like mm. if if you are happy to tweet like whatever, like would you like could you go outside and dress with something that just has that written across your chest? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Would you pick a shirt mm -hmm. that says that thing? Uh, you know, uh, and maybe you absolutely would be happy to have like fuck Trump written across your oh, chest. Yeah, yeah, that's mm -hmm. totally fine. That mm -hmm. sure, but maybe you know digging into the minutiae of like might require a more nuanced conversation that maybe the internet isn't the best platform for you to actually enact that thing. People people read mm -hmm. people's social media like the 
person, um, like subconsciously, I believe that we read other people's social media as what this person was doing when they, when they thought I wasn't looking, when they thought I wasn't Mm -hmm. looking, they wrote this and that's how they really feel. And that's how they really act. And we all know social media is run on like very strong emotions, happy, sad, angry. And if the person in this company looks at it and they think like, oh, this is like looking into your house, into your windows, into your house. Right. Yeah. And they only see anger or (laughs) whatever. Like that's this person's house is trashed. That's all they're doing. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to be like (laughs) sterile or whatever, but just think about like how you want people to feel when they see you. This all goes back to that one part, like how you want people to feel when they see you. You know, I think about stuff like that all the time. And I, so I save the bullshit for my friends, right? Like I save the bullshit for like people that I know that I can get in a DM with that I can just like, you know, Mm -hmm. vent with or Mm -hmm. whatever. That's what I share it for. And I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. have online friends that it's just harder for, but like, yeah, try to get into that space. Like try to do stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's just worth saying it's not a safe space. No, it's Man, not. What social media companies tell you is no. not a safe space. It's, it's not like talking to your friends. It's not like yeah. uh, it's freaking you know, Nazis, you're not just talking man. to a bubble. Like, yeah, yeah, Nazis yeah. Scary yeah. Out here. It's not yeah. a safe yeah. space. Yeah, at yeah, all. yeah exactly. <laughs> would you walk in would you walk into that room? Yeah. Space. You know what I mean? And say some of this stuff? <laughs> so Hell no. No. Don't do that. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. seems like sort of the root uh, behind pretty much everything we've been talking about is being aware of the space that you are operating in yeah. and understanding the rules of that space. And then so that you are able to then behave, I guess, intelligently and make intelligent choices. Mm-hmm. So you can choose to ignore those rules and purposefully buck them. But at least you're not ignorant of the things of yeah. the potential, quote unquote, mistakes you could be making. You if you're putting if you're putting out tweets like that or putting the quote unquote wrong things in your emails or dressing a certain way you are conscious of how yeah. you're being perceived oh yeah and you are doing it intel- into intelligently thank you uh, yeah. rather than just accidentally exactly yeah. mm. the thing is they're pennies on the ground right like they're just pennies on the ground and you can pick them up or you cannot it doesn't matter like they all get you closer to a dollar but at the same time, it's not to say that's the only way to find money. You know what I mean? Like that's the, not the yeah, only mm-hmm, way to make yeah. money. That's not the only way to get in through this doorway. And if you're like, if uh, these are just options, man. Like the thing is like, there's no, like, again, that Venn diagram that I was explaining, mm-hmm. it's like, there's no right way to get to the center. There's no mm. specific right yeah. way. I think of it like, like bodybuilders a lot of times, like, that dude is obsessed with his arms and chest, but man, he does not do leg day. Like yeah. he does not do leg day at all. Yep. If he just yep. did leg day, it would actually help the fibers, you know, help rest time and yeah, help yeah, him grow yeah, the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. And like, actually he would be bigger. Yeah. You know, that's how bodybuilders talk. So think about your, think about your professional life, like a bodybuilder. And instead of just mm-hmm. like only focusing on chest and arms, like you got to do full body, like know when to rest, mm-hmm. know what to eat, know what to put into it. Like know the fact, like, you can, you got you have to get sleep you know you have to take protein supplements mm-hmm. yeah like, self care is a yeah. is a big yeah. part of all do this. the yep. full you know I mean? freaking thing yeah don't yeah, just do self awareness yeah. 
all yeah. myself yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, this that... is this has been uh like a really interesting like conversation because i've so i've recently uh been a part of like the hiring process for the job that i was initially given okay um mm. so so it's like it, it's so such a weird process of like you know i managed to get this job and like like you say it was like my dream job um and i had to like all the steps i took to put myself out there and then being on the other side of that completely was such a weird thing and i was so aware of like i've got a you know like this is this is big that i know i knew how much it meant to me and i was mm. like i've got to just like put in like every everything you said was also stuff that i i was considering during the process like the vibes big one yeah like that was such a huge thing because it was just like uh i'm gonna be working with this person like all day every day and so the vibes are gonna be they gotta be right and like and then i think after that everything else just kind of fell into place and that was like the main thing but yeah no it's it's so interesting everything you said is like it's amazing how like that's the thing and you constantly think like well i could teach that like I could teach them how to do yeah. this at the job. Yeah. I can teach I can't them teach this. Vibes. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you, you can't. can't, can't like, teach vibes. Is this person annoying? <laughs> like is this person like? Do I like how they? Uh, you know, per my last email, uh, no. Like, you know, like oh, no. I heard, <laughs> I heard you. Uh, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, like th- that's it, it's it sucks, but like that's exactly how it is, and it, it um, yeah. When we talk about hiring. When we talk about opportunity, think about like you all have opportunity in your hands, right? Like you, not you specifically, but people listening to like you guys all mm. have opportunity, even if it's super small, you have opportunity. You have opportunity to put other people forward constantly and say their names, say their names in the mm. room and keep them mm-hmm. in proximity even when they're not there. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but know that like every day you have shots, like every day, try to stay conscious of like, did I give a shot today? Like, can I give a shot today? You always can, like, even if it's the tiniest thing. And if you start doing it daily and try not to make like, I don't know, I guess you can make a thing out of it. I don't know. Some people do. I don't like that because I feel like, um, if I find different forms and different ways to do it, it works a lot better than if I'm just like, I am the POC guy who always does, you know, always will choose POC. You know what I mean? Like give (laughs) options, give like reasons why if you got someone in mind, but you think it won't work, like don't put them forward because if they're not ready, don't do that because that lowers your, your voice later. Like I'm able to like, I've, I've built relationships and now I can tell certain people be like, this is your, this is your guy. Like you need this person. Like you need to trust mm-hmm. me on this. And they will 100%. Um, but like, if I do like, this is your guy and it's just like, oh yeah, that dude sucked. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's hard. Yeah. Especially in this mm-hmm. space, there is a very fake it to you make it mentality, which mm. I'm not a hundred percent against, but like, Man, are you really? How long do you think we're faking it for? Like, like yeah. there, there is like, like there is a statue of limitations on this, a point. on this faking yeah. it, yeah. and we have to start saying, "Are you making it?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard, it's hard to admit yeah. because like that is yeah. 
I do believe in that. I do believe in fake it till you make it. Um, there is this idea. I was having this conversation with someone the other day of like imposter some imposter syndrome, which like oh, um, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know. Man, I'm gonna get burnt for saying this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get burnt so hard for saying this. Watch what you tweet. Watch what you say. I'll be like, oh, I'll text you later if I need you to take this out. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can edit the podcast. It's all good. <laughs> I don't know if you could self-proclaim imposter syndrome without a review. Like, I think you can't. You can only say you have imposter syndrome if. It goes against an actual review that someone has and someone has put out on you Um, because I feel like some people are like, I've never done this before. No one's ever seen me do any work. I've never, you know, been in this space. I've never made a thing and ever whatever, but I have to stop thinking about having this imposter syndrome and blah. No, dude. You are an imposter. You've never been here before. (laughs) You've never been here before. And that's okay. It's okay to say you're new, but don't say, you know, like you work at Pixar. It's not a syndrome. You just are. I'm not showing up to to Pixar tomorrow and I'm being like, man, I have such imposter syndrome. And they're like, oh, when did you start? (laughs) I haven't. (laughs) <laughs> I just have What's your animation background? I don't know how to draw. I don't know. I've never, I've never done I don't anything. Know. It's, just some, it's just something in my head I, I need to get over. Like, no. Yeah. That almost feels like a, a complete misunderstanding of what imposter syndrome yes. is. Because you have yeah. to have done the you have to have done the thing exactly. that you feel like an imposter about and had some success at it. Exactly. It's like how people will sometimes refer to like contradicting a person as gaslighting. Oh, or yeah. like so it's, strong. It's like, no, gaslighting refers to trying to cause a person to doubt their own perception of reality. If you just say, no, I think you're incorrect. Yeah. Yes. You said yes. it's not necessarily yeah. And also knowing, uh, gaslighting also implies that you know the right answer too, right? Exactly. You like, know yes. what you're doing. Just but because you actually disagree with a person. Being dumb is not gaslighting someone. Like, you're just dumb. Thank you. And we need to bring that. We need to bring that. We need to bring back name calling too. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like we're solving a lot of problems here, and I'm just gonna put that on the docket. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, you guys yeah. will prove it. Maybe the vibes are good enough. The docket. We need to put on a t-shirt, yeah. like <laughs> bring, bring back name calling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man, I love that. And honestly, like I like uh, clearly we could easily talk about this all day because uh, oh, yeah. this has been uh, like genuinely. I've learned a lot, and I think. It's such a fun and rich conversation to have because it's it's not something we've actually spoken a whole lot about in terms of like the creative industry um, on yeah. the show. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm very glad that we have because I do feel like uh, a lot a a lot of the things we've spoken about I think are very transmissible uh, into other areas uh, yeah. and those skills you know like I've taken them from creative jobs to non creative jobs and had success mm-hmm. you know using some of those things that we've been we've spoken about today um, but I also just think like it's been such a fascinating conversation just around the way that we conduct ourselves I think yeah. even if you take it outside of uh, the the realms of work there's something really to be said here and like just being a little bit more self aware like we yeah. all always yeah. go on and, and rail against the the kind of social media companies and everything like that but like we have the ability to control a small our own little you know uh area you know we can we can choose not to buy into that 
uh, that that reactionary thing. We can choose to take a beat and try and find the nuanced conversation and have the nuanced conversation with those around us and you know in, in that safe space rather than trying to do that online. And I know that that's really really difficult. Um, and that's not to say that we don't need to put all that pressure on social media and everything like that. Absolutely, we do. But I do think uh, you know what we've hit on here is that is that like look even just take to even just taking care of yourself in that respect. Oh yeah. You know, don't mm-hmm. put yourself in that room with. with where there might be Nazis. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Leave, put yeah. your, keep yourself in a room where you're, it's safe. You've got loved ones, people that know you, people that understand that context and have that conversation there. Have that conversation in a safe space where you can really work it out and understand it before you feel like you put it out into a social forum, which I realize is rich from a podcast host who probably spends most of the time <laughs> making this shit up as yeah. I go along. But I think, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe I can take some of my own advice here and uh, maybe I'll do that for the next episode or whatever. But I, I think that there's something really in that and and, and yeah i think so many there's so many things people can do like real quick just make um find a mentor man like and and Mm. when i say find a mentor i i don't mean like you have to like have a standing meeting with blah 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 every single day and then they like they're not a life coach you know what i mean um if there if there's an industry you're trying to get into find someone who's doing it and Become friends. And when I say become friends, I don't mean like you're doing this for an end purpose. Like you should want to be, you know, friendly to this person um, and you should enjoy them, you know, like whatever. Yeah. The main thing you need Mm -hmm. to get out of these things and you can literally just contact people and ask them, ask them about process. People don't know. This is one of the biggest barriers for people of color is process is like, Mm -hmm. what is the process for working on a team of writers? Right. Mm -hmm. You enjoy Mm -hmm. TTRPG. You enjoy tabletop books. You enjoy whatever. But what's actually the process? Who says like, yeah, let's write a book that's like this. And how do they run it like that? And how do they choose people to write it? And then how do... How do I turn in that writing and how does that grade it? And how do I get notes? People don't know, right? Because they love writing in the room. They love doing that. They love reading and making these things and they want to be a writer. And they think like, oh, I just need to write. I need to write to become a writer. No, no, no. If you're listening to this right now, if you want to be a writer, you need to learn process and you need to learn the process that these places are doing. So like make that your homework tonight instead of like writing some lore or something like that. Uh, learn learn <laughs> yeah. the process. I'm like, here's the other thing, man. Put your email in your bio. Like there are so yeah. many, so <laughs> many, there's so many people that like, I, I try to contact that don't have an email and like, I will do the extra work of like finding their Twitch or then finding their Instagram and then, you know, <laughs> whatever, like finding them, finding their email. Like most people won't put your email in your bio and for the love of God, answer your email. Like if you're listening to this yeah. right now and you're not driving, hopefully you're not driving your car, uh, go ahead and pick up your <laughs> cell phone and uh, change whatever settings that you have um, to push your notifications at, like to you. Like push them no matter what. Make bells, whistles, mm-hmm. sounds, whatever. Here's the thing that's happening. <laughs> you might be getting opportunities. You might not be answering quick enough. Like when I mean quick, I mean, you need to answer in an hour, man. Like I do not leave home without my phone. I look at those emails. Mm -hmm. I try to answer them as quickly as possible because again, 
Use empathy. Think about the person on the other side. It's a producer. It's someone, it's a hiring person. It's someone in some type of position mm-hmm. of power that needs an answer by the end of the day because they have to plan how you work in with the other people that they're trying to plan. You're not the only person and mm-hmm. you're not special. I'm sorry. Most people just need a cardboard cutout to stand there and make the little, <laughs> like just accomplish that little thing. You don't need to be impressive. They're not waiting for, mm-hmm. you know, if you, here's the thing. Hey, can you do this thing on Friday? You don't, in your head, you might think like, oh, well, I got to clear it with Stephanie. And I think we might be playing a game on Friday, so I might not have that. Um, but you don't write the email. Instead, you're like, oh, I text Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And then you wait an hour until she gets back to you and be like, oh, you know what? I might have something going on that night. Let me get back to you. And then she doesn't. And then all of a sudden it's Wednesday now or it's Thursday now. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, you know what? I can do it. And then the person's just like, Maybe they put you on, maybe they don't, but moving forward, you're the guy who takes five days to answer an email. Like that's who you are right now. Even if you don't know, you can be like, oh, this is a great, like the second you see it, click it within 10 minutes. This is a great opportunity. I will get back to you in the net in like in 12 hours or I'll get you get back to you tomorrow morning. Great. You're the guy who responds in 10 minutes and can, you know, people People want to know, like people are always so anxious and they're always planning stuff. There was like one of these marketing guys, uh, he he was contacted by um, um, uh, someone in the, like, I think the UK transit system out there, something with the tubes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Those tubes, we have them. It's true. They they were planning on spending like a couple billion dollars on the infrastructure um, to make Jeez. to make them faster. Um, and they contacted this marketing guy like that was going to handle the campaign. His company was going to handle the campaign. And they said, um, you know, we're going to spend this amount of money, like let's say four billion or whatever. I have no idea what money's worth. Um, like four billion dollars uh, to, to make people happy, like to because people hate getting places late. They hate that they're full. They hate that they break down. They hate all this stuff. They hate it so much. We need to spend this money to make people happy. And he just like point blank said like, that's not good. Like that's not the right logic to have. Um, and, and they're like, yeah, we need to spend this. He's like, tell you what, uh, how about you give me $3 billion? You spend $1 billion on hiring models with beer and caviar and food. Uh, and I guarantee you, they'll ask for those trains to be slower. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. it has everything to do with like perspective. Uh, if if mm-hmm. they ended up putting numbers on signs, like uh, estimated time, arrival times, and stuff so people can count down. So when you're answering that email, think about waiting for a train, think about waiting for a bus, mm-hmm. think about that feeling waiting for your Uber, right? If you didn't, if you got rid of those numbers, would you wait? And how would you feel about that service? Because your service begins Mm, the mm. second they send that email. So they send Mm. me an email. If I don't give them a time, if if I get back to them right away and I don't give them a time or something to think about in the future, like they're constant, you, you have them waiting for a car that might never show up. So like yeah. Yeah. I literally have this I literally have this right now. I contacted like uh, five to ten people today and I mm-hmm. uh, already like uh, there's already like two people got back to me like really quickly and I was like, ah, okay. And that's cool. how you think, right? Like they're in. Like, <laughs> like they're getting paid. <laughs> it just you know? is. Like that's exactly yeah. how it works. And it yeah. gets worse. <laughs> it sucks, but it gets worse the more you feel like what you have 
is worth something. So um, you were talking about mm -hmm. the hiring, that hiring position you were, you were looking for. Mm -hmm. um, mm. If you contacted people for like a second round and one person got back to you in 10 minutes, other person got back to you in 10 minutes, some person got back to you two days later, even if the interview's five days later, you yeah. think something mm -hmm. of this person, right? You yeah, just do. I think they're not interested. They haven't done yeah. anything, yeah. right? They haven't done yeah. anything mm -hmm. wrong. You know, mm -hmm. even yeah, if one, yeah, yeah. even yeah. if like all three of them got back to you in 10 minutes, right? And um, mm -hmm. one person said like, no, the other person says like, I'll get back to you tomorrow. And then one person says like, you know, whatever. Um, but you would <laughs> still consider them all, even though they all had three different answers, you consider them all good potential people. You know, the person who cancels, mm -hmm. again, you think wants it way more. So we're constantly reading yep. into these signals unconsciously mm -hmm. or consciously. I talk about signals all the time. We're constantly giving out signals to people that mm -hmm. like, again, are all interpretation and not like the transcript. Like even, you know, the person, the person who had three days could have had something going on, could have like really been trying to get something for you for that interview that the other mm -hmm. three people are not. Whatever that interview is could be fantastic. They could be a stand up person. They can do like all this stuff, the most qualified person. But I tell you what, like they didn't get back to you in 10 minutes, right? Like there's a mm -hmm. God, I forgot which show. I don't know. Anyways, that's what I say. <laughs> answer your freaking emails, answer them quickly yes. and tell yeah. people like, even if it's something you don't want to commit to, don't blow people off, like get back to people. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard. Like depending on what industry you're in, it can be really hard. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm good at it in some areas and bad at it in others. And we're in a freaking pandemic and like things freaking mm -hmm. suck. So like, don't yeah. beat yourself up over it for sure. Don't beat yourself up over it. Um, but like, keep mm -hmm. that in mind. That's mm -hmm. a penny on the ground. You can pick up like, it's really easy. Yeah. I'm the 10 minute email oh, yeah. guy. I'll I like that. I like the, I like the penny on the ground analogy. I feel like that's, yeah. uh, that, that's going to stand you in good stead. Um, God, this has been amazing, but before uh, we take up any more of your time, Carlos, we have to obviously ask you a question. We ask this for all of our guests, which is mm -hmm. that we always ask for a tale from the table. So mm -hmm. a tale from the table basically can be anything, no matter how wild. Usually the more wild and bonkers, the better. But it, this mm -hmm. can be from any of the various games that you've played, but just like a moment that sticks out in your mind that you're like, man, that was like wild or fun or very unique, emotional, whatever you want it to be. It's kind of um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> uh, no, um, I mean, there's a lot of cool things, but like, it's just gonna sound like like I'm bragging if I say that. Hell yeah, oh, brag! Do, please, brag. Do, brag. Just like, yeah, you know, um, yeah. you know, getting a, a chance to play with Brennan, getting a chance to play with. Matt Mercer and like the critical role people mm -hmm. like I got a I got a chance to do uh, a Diablo one shot um, with like Mika Burton mm -hmm. and Matt Marisha mm -hmm. Laura Liam and like that was so fun um, mm -hmm. and just like I don't know I I just felt like I had my energy like I had uh, like I don't know I was just a regular person I got to do it or whatever um, and that felt really cool 
Um, man, there's so many like really good mo- moments and I can, they're just like personal and they're not like I can really explain it other than like, oh, that was really cool. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk about the time that almost ruined gaming for me. Uh, oh, it was, yes. it was okay. very, very yeah. early on. It was very early on. And uh, uh, might have been one of the few times I actually played uh, a game not recorded. I played my first game of Pathfinder. Um, very early on, I think it was like the first episode of my podcast had just started. I'd only played D and D a few times and I was like, Oh, I'm going to play other games. Um, so I got invited to this one game and, uh, I was like super excited and sat down and like, first of all, the GM, he was kind of a douche and like, he felt like a douche right (laughs) off the bat. It's like he had this like long blonde hair and really long fingernails for some reason. I couldn't get over his fingernails. I watch it the entire time. It's the only thing that sticks out like from this entire thing. Literally Literally sticks out. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Uh, And so we started this game and the game lasted like four hours and it was so bad and so boring. Like (laughs) he he was one of these like GMs and I would, I've never played with anyone as bad since he was one of these. I hope he's listening to this show right now. I don't know. I don't know his name, name, but he needs to learn. If someone knows where I was in 2016, uh, where I played, bring back name calling, bring back name calling. This guy just, he, he shouldn't be allowed to do this to people. Uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> he we, must we, be stopped. He he must. We're playing. And, and the, uh, the adventure begins with like the four of us, you know, four in this like um, forest clearing and there's these some, some stones or whatever or something like that. Um, and, you know, we like look at the stones and all that. No, we don't get anything. Okay. I was like, whatever. Uh, we start walking around the forest and all of a sudden like an arrow whizzes by. Okay, cool. Um, this is all within the first 20 minutes of the game. I want to say mm-hmm. arrow whizzes by, uh, I do uh, a perception check relatively high. He asked me what I do. I say, I look around, see where it's coming from. Um, he, uh, um, says I don't see anything. I said, okay, well that's fucking, that's weird. Whatever. We get bombarded mm-hmm. with arrows, uh, pretty much on the brink of death. We get away and we hide in a cave. <laughs> that's the first 20 minutes. The next oh, no. three and a half hours, I swear to God is us day to day trying to like fix our wounds inside this fucking <laughs> cave. I swear to God, three and a half hours of rolling, of walking like only a half mile away from the cave to search for food, to search for water the next day. Like anything we do, I swear to God, I've never met this guy before. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like nothing else happens. We run into no people. We, 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 we investigate nothing. We just like, he basically put us in the hunger that he made this one part of the hunger games three and a half yeah. hours long of just like where wow. Peter's just like all hurt and like putting on makeup on yeah. his face yeah. but he stretched it out over three yeah. hours in real time he made us play the game in real time and like oh and like that literally like every he's just what? like 
They're like, oh yeah, I want to get up and do that. Well, do you get up? Because if you get up, you actually expend this much energy and you can't, you <laughs> can't, you can only heal for so many points if you do that. Uh, like that, that type of thing. Right. So it's like some days. <laughs> so did you just sit there? Or some like days my character silence? didn't wake up. Some days my character wasn't allowed to wake up at the end of the game. <laughs> my character wasn't allowed to wake up. Roll to awake. It was something like he would get like I don't know. It was so weird. And then like rolling, like some things would like cause me pain. And then like yeah, so like literally we lived in. A, I played a, a four-hour game. I was like do 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 do. Afterwards, I asked him where were the arrows coming from? Cause we didn't see them. You know what I mean? And I, and I'm like, and I rolled pretty high. I'm like, what, what, where were they coming from? He said, there was goblins in the trees. And I said, well, I said, I looked around and he said, yeah, you looked around. You didn't look. Oh, up. Not <laughs> oh, come on. oh no. Come I hate that. No. I told that story Dante. right now. And I, and oh. I hate it. I hate him. Oh. I wish, like, I wish I knew where he was right now. Cause that's like, that's my Joker villain origin story right there. Yes. Like, that's the moment that Carlos Luna snapped. I was just like, yes. I, I almost bring that energy everywhere. Like, Oh my God. And I think about like, that could have gone either way. Like, what if I was really into that? Like I would be like a horrible human being today. <laughs> like, like if wow. I was like, really into, Oh that yeah, was that, a, was that was the setting. That was a great game. Now that's how you do yeah. 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 Just like scraping moss off a tree and then like picking these berries and hoping that they don't kill me like oh, man. <laughs> it's so funny as well how quickly that falls apart if like this dude is not like an ex-marine do you know what yeah. i mean yeah. who knows mm -hmm. like everything about survival and do you know what i mean it falls apart so quickly he's a doomsday yeah. prepper yeah, yeah literally <laughs> unless unless he game. is then it just this doesn't this doesn't at what point dude. is I'm that so fun. sorry like at what point is he just yeah. like like i was I was so angry. I was like furious. Look, listen, everyone, everyone has you know got oh, loaded up Fallout and put it on the hardest mm -hmm. like survivor <laughs> setting. Got ten minutes yeah. in and went fuck this. Like it sounds, I it do sounds not like want to be looking for all of D and D adventure or Pathfinder adventures. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't even mm -hmm. get you. You have to coordinate so well just to be able to even wake up in the day. Oh, wait, this was Pathfinder, right? Yeah, it was Pathfinder. Aren't there spells and like long rest mechanics? Like, I mean, how do we end up here? I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I really don't. Like, it like, it makes me so sad when I think about it because wow. I was so angry. And just, you know, like, I got these, I got these warning that, signs when uh, he was like, yeah, don't pick, you can't pick healing spells. Like, yeah, that was like a red yeah. flag for me. I don't know what his, I mean, I don't. I don't know what his end game was. I assumed to hurt me, to hurt my feelings for the rest of my life. I was going to ask if you pissed him off. Well, yeah. yeah. Did you piss this guy off? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Wearing right? shirt at the time. Well, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Like I could have pissed him off, but that's the transcript because of what versus you interpretation. Yeah. Exactly. Transcript yeah. versus interpretation. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, there's someone I, I shouldn't make fun because there, there might be someone out there that's just like, oh, yeah, that's my jam. Like, I'm like, OK, but let no, no, people no, know. But should, that's fine. Just that's let people fine. know. Yeah, yeah. You've got to clear, clear it clear with that. somebody. Yeah, you yeah clear exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if you want to run a survival heavy game, just let people yeah. know, because that's yeah. not what most people are coming to Pathfinder to play. I mean, yes. here's the thing. <laughs> yes. He wanted realism. And some days me as my character did not want to wake up like I was OK dying just like my character. I was okay <laughs> if I didn't wake up in that cave. I was like, let me go, let me die. And for me, that's that's 
that's the most realistic gaming experience I've ever had. <laughs> Let me go. The true Carlos uh, of origin or villain story. Yeah. yeah this wow. Is, you wow. used to be Carlos Soul, and then you became Carlos Luna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's good. Oh man! Wow, that is that is wow, that's a, that is a what a what a DM. Wow, that is. <laughs> Ah, oof, boy, that's there one is... of the few horror stories we've ever had on this. Yeah, show. I'm, I'm going to campaign for horror stories because this is fun. Oh, this is, no, this is fun. Uh, I'm th- I thank you for. I hope that there was something cathartic for you in re-airing some of this trauma. Um, you know, if you need to, if you need to revisit Pathfinder <laughs> yeah. at any point, we can try and do it in a safe way. You know, make sure you feel you feel held. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, re, you know, <laughs> go over this stuff. Yeah, because. Yeah. Yeah, Man, that's rough. That's super rough. Um, but Carlos, for anyone who is clearly living under a rock and doesn't know who you are um, and is here, uh, please tell people where they can find you being very safe and considered. Oh, yeah. On the uh, yeah. Uh, you can find me on all social media under Carlos Critz. Uh, you can also find me on um, uh, the Roll20 YouTube channel and sometimes on Twitch. Uh, I was on there last night. Um, as well as just like anywhere on the interwebs like youtube like i'll do pickup games and stuff like that with other people i have a uh, i can't talk about that now but uh, i do have have something something, something that'll be announced probably later on in a few months that'll be pretty big so that's kind of cool too Damn. Damn. That's exciting. I'm definitely mm-hmm. not going to probe as soon as we stop recording. <laughs> yeah, <No. yeah>. uh, <laughs> um, that is awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Liv, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me over on Twitter at Does Dark Magic. That's Woo. me. <laughs> and uh, Monsieur Cobb, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> You can find me at uh, Jeremy Cobb one. Uh, that is Cobb with two B's and the number one. Uh, on uh, Marvelous, you can find me uh, on uh, Twitter at JW underscore Cartwright and the show at three. That's the number three black halflings. We also have a Patreon. We do a bunch of bonus content, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash TV halflings. And we have lots of really cool merch. So go check That's it true. out because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has been an incredible interview with Carlos Luna. Uh, I hope uh, that this won't be the last time that we get to uh, uh, powwow out, pow out with, uh, with Carlos uh, about all of these things because uh, it was an absolute blast. So uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it. And in the meantime, uh, we uh, have a great week and we will see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Cool. That's everything. That was a. That, I really <laughs> fell apart at the end there. Oh, I was good. going well. Yeah, was it just kinda, you wrapped it well. It just, I think uh, it was fine. Man. You fell yeah. across the finish line. It's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you stumbled it. across. You I stumbled it. across, but I still, I still got there. It was a photo finish in the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we got there. So long, Shire folk. <laughs> so long, Shire folk. <laughs> so long, Shire folk. So long, yes. Shire folk. Halflings! It's about that time that we thank some people that signed up to our Patreon recently. Thank you so much. So, 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 so much. Uh, The support has been rolling in, and we are rolling up on our stretch goal. That is right. We have a stretch goal to reach 550 patrons, and when we do, we will start work on an Outlaws and Obelisks mini source book so you can run a session in Utarum. Well, you can run a whole campaign, actually. Not even just a session. You can run the whole thing in Utarum if you you should so wish so so exciting uh loads of really cool stuff coming up for you guys on the patreon 
It is going to be absolutely wild. But before we do any of that, we have to thank some truly incredible people. So I would like to say a huge thank you to Divine Lulin Vega, Dakota L. Horton, Jared Brumley, Kieran Newman, Iceborer, Tyler Woods, Overlord Chris, Captain Nebraska, Liches B. Cray. Actually, it's liches.b.cray. Bridget Tarjeft, Vic Harris, Thomas Robinson, Cameron Lamack, Andrew V, Polarity Bear, Eleanor, Matthew, Jordan Cole Satterwhite, Quobbly Jack, Knotts, Edward Verrocci, Casey Wilson, 13 Bees, Kimberly Sunderland, Ferrin Bailey, Tucker Collins, and Anton de Groot. Thank you so much for all of your supports and all of the wonderful people that have signed up to our Patreon recently. There are so many of you, and we hope that you are enjoying all of the goodness that you get over on the Patreon. If you want to check it out yourself, you can do if you head over to patreon.com forward slash tbhalflings. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful week.